0: listening to Connection Church's podcast. Some days it's hard. Good morning, Connection. How y'all doing this morning? Well, <clears throat> had a good ball game last night, almost a really, really good one for the Georgia Southern nation. Um, I'm a Bulldog fan. Now, I'm a Georgia Southern fan, but if they play Georgia, I'm a Georgia fan. I attended the University of Georgia and and uh, so I have to do it. My wife, she attended Georgia Southern. So last night it, during the game, it kind of, uh, it, it got a little heated there at times. And, and today I'm gonna be preaching on biblical manhood. So I kind of had to keep my cool last night with her. Uh, honey, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway. Um, y'all, I, I'm excited. I, I'm excited today. Nine um, o'clock service we saw we saw one go from death to life, y'all. Praise Jesus. That's what it's about, is, is, is uh, leading people in, into that growing relationship with Christ. We know it's Jesus. We know it's Jesus that does the saving. He's the only one that has that power, but it's awesome when you see someone come to know him. It warms my heart, it just, it, it does. Because You know, after watching that video, Jennifer and I, went, we went through a lot of that. And, and, and a lot of the reason that, that we went through so many struggles in our marriages because I wasn't being the man I was supposed to be. And um, so we're gonna talk about that this morning. We're gonna turn happily never after into happily ever after, we hope. And we know it's Jesus that can do that. He has the power, y'all. He will enable, it, enable you to be able to do that. I hope he will enable me to be able to speak a little clearer. So anyway, um, I told y'all a while ago, I went to the University of Georgia back in the 80s. I came from a farm. I, I, was in the, uh, I was in the pharmacy, South Campus is what they called it, up there at the University of Georgia. It was North Campus, South Campus. Now, South Campus, that's where all the men hung out. That's right. Yeah, right. That's what, you've been there. And, uh, but anyway, we had it, there was a rodeo going on. And uh, I got to help out with the rodeo. You know, I got to help put dirt into the Coliseum where they played basketball. We just filled that thing up with dirt, put in all those panels. Man, I got to be around them bulls and all them calves and horses. Had on my big cowboy hat, my wrangler jeans, my Tony Lama boots, still like my boots, always gonna wear them, probably gonna die on you know? them. But it was awesome. Well, during this time when they, when they had a rodeo, Um, in between the events, a lot of times they'll have little side events, I mean, not side events, but little side things to occupy the crowd's time while uh, while, while they're getting the next event ready. Well, we were sitting there. They opened up the big gates on the end of the chute, and here it comes. Ram, big Ram truck, Dodge, pulling a trailer. And the announcer gets on and says, well, we at the PCRA, we want to thank Dodge trucks, our sponsor. And you all go down to the Dodge, buy your Dodge truck and all that. So anyway, I'm a four man myself, so I cut that part short. All right, but the guy pulls in. He pulls in with with the truck and he turns it off. And out of the back of the truck, I mean, out of the trailer that was hooked to the bumper of the truck, they opened it up and about five, I don't know, I think it was four or five sheep came out. And the sheep started wandering around. Well, here's where the chaos started to happen, the confusion. The guy in the brand new Dodge truck went to crank it up and it would not crank. Brand new, brand new. How embarrassing is that? Talking about testing your manhood. <clears throat> so the thing that started going and you see people looking around and just, just go with it, just go with it. So they left the truck in the arena. And as these sheep were wandering around, down on the other end, They open up the gate and y'all, here come this border collie dog running out. Well, you know, I grew up on a farm and you know we we had a border collie dog. I know what border collies did. They heard, they heard stuff. They heard sheep, cows, hogs, whatever you want them to do. Also pretty good at catching frisbees. But, so this dog comes out, but y'all on this dog's back was this monkey. He was about that tall. I was like, would you look at this? But y'all, the monkey, He had on little monkey boots. He had on little monkey chaps with little horseshoes and stuff on them. He had on a little Wrangler shirt, kind of matched mine. (laughs) And he had a little monkey hat. And on that monkey hat had a little badge on it that says Sheriff. And the owner, he was, you know, told the dog, you know, to go around the ring. All the kids are just, oh, look at this. And that monkey's just (laughs) riding that dog. You know, they had his hands tied to the little saddle. So, as they were going around and the guys giving the commands, the announcer comes on and he goes, everyone, you please have to watch out. He said, because the desperadoes are out on the prairie. The desperadoes were the sheep, the bandidos. If these guys need to be rounded up, they need to be caught, they need to be dealt with. They are dangerous, so be careful. And there's only one person, monkey, that can do this. And I think they called him Pacoers, I can't remember. But anyway, so they introduced him and here he went. So the dog was working the sheep. Little monkey, <laughs> just enjoying life. The man told the dog to go left. Well, when he did, one of the sheep went right. Sheep usually stay together, but this one broke loose, y'all. It broke loose and went towards that Dodge truck with that trailer on it, right in between the tailgate in the trailer, well, y'all know us hooked up there at the trailer. The trailer tongue, the sheep bolted, the sheep jumped the tongue of the trailer, but y'all the dog didn't. When the dog, <laughs> when the dog went under the trailer, y'all it peeled that monkey back, cause the dog just could go under and it just all across there. When he come up, his little old chap was about half ripped off. His shirt was wide open, his little monkey hat. It knocked a star plumb off of it out yonder somewhere. His little old hat was bent up, looked like a minor 49er. It was just, it was total chaos. He was going, eeh, 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 Bleeding a little bit, little monkey. So they had to stop the show. The, the man called him over, got control of the dog and all that. But anyway, it was, it was just total, utter chaos. It was, it was confusion. And gentlemen, I'm here to talk to you this morning. Is that we are confused, men? We are confused, as for the most part, we really are. Only go. Let's go into Genesis. Uh, our reading this morning is in chapter three, and then later on we'll come back to something in chapter two. But uh, let's go through it this morning. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. That's very true. The serpent, referring here to Satan, he is. He's very crafty. He is, he's master deceiver. He's the father of lies. We need to know this. We need to know this. He said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of, eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree in the middle in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired and to make one wise, she took of the fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband. Who was with her? You know, like, like we, we just, I got to stop right there. This is one thing that, that us being do. We're passive. Here you got a serpent talking to your wife. Some ball. Telling her what she needs to do with a piece of fruit. I'm telling if you come up around my house talking to Jennifer like that, I'm gonna bust you in your mouth. Don't be coming around here trying to do all your slippery stuff. We I mean, ain't handling that. But I mean, when you really think about it, Adam, he was standing right there. He is standing right there with his wife letting all this go on. Just like that. Just like that. Okay. She took the fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was standing right there with her. Then their eyes of both were open, and they knew that they were naked. And they, sew, and they sewed fig leaves together. There's, there they go, trying to fix a problem, and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Now most of us know the rest of the story right there or what's coming up next. God curses Satan. He's got to crawl on his belly and eat the dust. He has uh, told the woman that, that through what she's done, she'll have intense pain in childbirth and her desire will be for her husband the husband adam because of what he did which was first of all he, he he was being he was being passive he didn't uh he didn't accept responsibility and he didn't uh, invest eternally and there's one more that is just skipping my mind right this minute so um Man, that makes you feel bad when you do that. Does that a test of a manhood? Just cause I messed up, does that, does that mean it, 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 that, it, that it wasn't right? And uh, he didn't—he uh, didn't inv- was, wasn't investing eternally. He, uh, he, he, he was passive, and he didn't expect, accept responsibility. and wasn't leading courageously. That was it. Okay, now we're back on track. So that's what first started. By, 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 by those things, by, by him not obeying what God told him to do and them eating other fruit, that's what started this chaos. So it started this chaos and the confusion, just like, just like with the border collie in that story. Border got confused when that sheep darted. It didn't know what to do, it went on its own instead of listening to its master for the right command. So, me and we are in a state of confusion. On the surface, we wanna act like we are okay, but fellas, when you get right under skin deep with most of us men, there really isn't that much self-confidence. There truly isn't. I know I went through this in my life. And the reason we haven't done this is because most of us did not have a clear transition from being a boy to a man. We, we didn't have a clear path. We, we didn't know, it wasn't clear. We, we didn't know the direction that, that we were supposed to take in most cases. Because what, what, what is it to be a man? Is it? age 18? Is it 21? In some cultures, it's 12. So at what age do you become a man? You know, is it it when you kill your first deer? I killed my first deer when I was 12. It was a doe. We got back to camp. There's another kid my same age. He had killed a big old eight point, big enough to mount. So how did that, did I feel like a man? I felt good but I didn't feel like a man because I felt, I felt I didn't do as good as he did, so I felt like I was less of a man. If that's how we can define manhood. That's how, I mean, that's what say, we in the South, that, that's what people will say. Was it, uh, how about when, when you become a man when you drank your first beer when you got drunk the first time? I did that when I was 15 years old. I got drunk, did it, did it make me a man? To be honest with y'all, it set fear into me, a lot of fear, because I was scared my daddy was gonna catch me. How about this, do you become a man when you have sex for the first time? Is that the answer? We we, we hear it. I heard it, I know many of you have too. And I just wanna, I wanna stop right here. I I, I want younger guys, young ladies, high school age, college age, Single people, hold true to what God wants for you in that. Stay pure, wait until you wedding. You know, I have I've never heard anybody that waited till after they got married to say, I wish I hadn't waited. But I've heard so many, including myself, that have said they wish they had put a lot of, I knew it was wrong. We put, put a lot of regret, a lot of shame, a lot of guilt in my heart. couldn't do that. So by the time I was 17 years old, I had become a man three times, full of fear, full of shame, and full of regret, and full of unworthiness because I didn't measure up to some other man. All because of the lies that Satan gives us in this world. All because of what culture tells us in this world. That's where that confusion starts to come in, guys. We, we as men are, let's face it, we're facing disappointing lives. You know, we, we get man. I thought you know when I get out of high school, get out of college, man, it's going to be great. I'm going to get the best high paying job. I'm going to find me a good woman. I'm gonna have me a bunch of kids and everything's just gonna be cool. Everything's gonna be great. Go party, have fun, everything will be good. But those expectations most of the time aren't met are they, guys. We get out, we look at our economy today, we look at things going on, jobs not plentiful, we have to take a lesser job. That means you're less of a man, according to culture. The responsibilities, they just pile up on us. The fun drains out, Life, life just becomes heavy. Guys, any of y'all feeling that way? Is your life is it just heavy? Is it pressing down on you? Life, whatever it is, is not to feel. it's not fulfilling. And we're not sure. Ladies, we're not. Us men, we are not sure how to deal with it. Because we hadn't had that clarity and that smooth transition from boyhood to manhood. The next one is pain, like the monkey fell. You know, us guys. I know I can cut my hand or something, generally say, you all right? And I said, oh, it's merely a flesh wound, don't worry about it. And what I'm really seeing is, I'm about to bleed to death, please come help me. You know? That's what, that's what we do with our pain, guys. We're not gonna talk about it. Men, talking to other men, what do we say? Nah, I'm good, And inside you are dying. Something's killing you, your heart's heavy. But you don't, you don't let that out because if someone knows you're in pain, that means you're less of a man. That's what we're taught. Big boys don't cry, right? Big boys don't cry. We hurt, and what a, a lot of times it's, we're hurting from because we've hurt somebody, because of some of our actions that we do. Whatever the cause, whether we did it or someone did it to us, we've all, men, all of us, we have all been wounded to some degree. We have. Lonely. I think the monkey was lonely too. I mean, you had border collies and sheep, they kind of go together. But a monkey? That that Something ain't right in this picture. He needed to be in a monkey tree eating a monkey banana with his monkey friends. I mean, that's just, that's, that's just how it is. That we as men, we're like that. Men, I can say it. I'm lonely for my wife. I'm lonely to be the guy of her dreams. I'm lonely to know how to communicate with her. I don't, y'all, I don't know how. I don't. Bose, everything's in a box. And I got a box for this, and a box for that, and a box for that. I can handle one thing at a the time. Then I move on to the next box. My wife, she can handle 782,000 things at once just a-going, just a-going. And I'm like, really? And listen, guys, if it doesn't all line up by the end of the evening, you're gonna be lonely. You're gonna be lonely. But also, there's there's more loneliness. We are, we're in a, and some of, probably the millennials are gonna get mad with me about this, but well, we're in the iPhone whatever world where you know we Facebook, we Twitter, we do everything, we got so much communication we can reach anybody in the world, anybody. But yet those relationships through this, to me, aren't so deep. And I just believe men, and I, listen, I, I know there's, there's good to it. I, I got a group of guys we text and we do, but we're open with each other. I'm talking about a guy that's living a superficial life. Living a superficial life is not you know, you can make it look like anything you want to make it look like. Yeah, I can take you a picture of that big deer I killed or those ducks. I can do all those things and take you a picture of, hey, look at me. I'm with my wife at wherever we're at. What are we going to eat most of the time? Dairy Queen. Then uh, <laughs> we, we splurge. And, and we just make it all look better. But in the inside, we're lonely. We are lonely. Men are drifting. Men are drifting. Things didn't meet up to our expectations. And we're just simply, we're, we're, we're just reacting to life. We're reacting to what life's bringing us instead of us engaging in the life, engaging in the God's purpose for us. We, uh, we, we, we got a sense of the ought to's. You know, we, we ought to. And we just, you know, we ought to get a job. Ought to have some responsibility. But I can tell you about the otter. The otter married another otter and now they got a bunch of more otters. But anyway, I don't know if y'all got that, but it was an old country joke. Um so, but 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 me and R we, we're drifted. And and we drift and we think, you know, that one day, one day, somebody's just gonna flip this switch. And we'll become responsible. We'll get that good job, we'll get that good wife, we'll get those those uh two and a half kids and all that kind of stuff, and everything's just gonna. We're just going to be dreamful. Everything's going to be great. But in all reality, we're not going to change. We're just going to keep drifting until that magic switch is flipped. We're just going to settle for what, for what life is. Men escape. That's like that one sheep that bolted, jumped over the tongue of that trailer, almost cost the monkey his life. We escape because we're looking for things to numb the pain. This is me. This is me, this was me. For most of my life, looking for something to to numb the pain, to keep having to face the reality of my disappointing, painful, lonely, miserable life because I had no idea what a man was. had no idea. we become workaholics through this, too. You know, we tend to think it's just being an alcoholic or being a drug addict. But there's so many more things. Being a workaholic, that's no different. Anything to none to pain, anything not to face, have to face what's really going on, what's going on at the house, what's going on in your children's life, what's going on in the life of others, what's going on in God's plan for you, we just all skip out on it. You know, we'll run to uh, sports excessively and hobbies. Nothing wrong with sports, nothing wrong with hunting, nothing wrong with fishing, nothing wrong with golf, nothing wrong with none of that. But when it becomes the focus, when it becomes the focus is that us all we're doing to try to get identity and manhood in that, then it's sin, it's sin. We run to adultery, internet, pornography. We run to the gambling casinos. And we usually run to anger. For me, that was, that was the best way. It wasn't the best way, but it was the only way that I knew that if I didn't want to communicate with you, if, if, if I didn't wanna accept something that you had to say, if I didn't wanna be the man that you thought I ought to be, I resorted to anger, because I could get you away from me. I could holler at you, I could cuss you out, or I could fight you. I'd do whatever it took to get it away. Fellas, this creates to confused men. And confuse men create major problems. There's nothing more dangerous, fellas, nothing more potentially dangerous than a confused man. Than a confused man. We inflict damage on ourselves, on our wives, on our children, everybody around us. You think, no, this is just me living my life, it ain't affecting nobody. It's affecting everyone you come in contact with because you're not the real man that God wants you to be. It can't help but affect it. Look what happened in the garden. Adam was not being the real man that God intended him to be and everything fell apart because of him, his selfishness, his desires, his unwillingness to stay in that perfect relationship that God offered. He had one command, do not eat of this tree. I think I could get that one. That's all he said. He said, work and till the uh, work and keep the garden." That's what he said. It's pretty simple. He's meeting that, that basic need of hunger. He's teaching him through this. He gave him his word with the kid. He gave it the word of God. He spoke it to it. This is the word of God now. We need to be hearing it. We need to be hearing it ourselves. And through all it, listen, also confuse me and let me tell you something. Bars love us. Drug dealers love us. Advertisers of all kinds love us and prey on us. Sell us that next thing. Give me that old spice. Be a real man, you know? Do people still wear old spice? (laughs) Or Chanel number 60 or whatever it is guys wearing? I don't know what it is. But, But we do, we do. They thrive thrive on that. They thrive on our insecurity. They thrive on us not knowing who we are as men. And this usually ends up, fellas, where we just, we settle for a less life. Some of us are checked out. we just going through the motions. Some of us are aggressive and ambitious to things that don't really matter. Some of us act just like robots on an assembly line. We do what we should do so I can pay the bills that I can pay, so I can make my wife happy that I can't make happy and do things for those kids that I'm not equipped to spend time with because I don't know how to be a daddy. I don't know how. I have no clarity. That's what we do. Men, we have got to be honest. Most of us have no idea what real manhood is. We don't talk about it, we cover it up, and we just aren't clear. Everything is in a state of confusion. In Genesis chapter two, verses 15 through 18, let's go to it, this is where we're gonna go back to what God's original plan was for men. It says, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. The Garden of Eden, paradise. God said he made the earth and it was good. And then, beyond that, he made this garden, this extra special. This man, can you imagine being in the most perfect place you can be in fellowship with God? God loves us. God's purpose, one of God's purposes for man was he wanted us to show his grace and he wants us to show grace back. That's why he, he, he tells us to work. He, he tells us to work the garden. He said cultivate it. You know, God had planted it, it was growing, but he's saying further it. Plant more. And he said to keep it. That means keep it under control. man, listen, when God tells something to grow, it's gonna grow, so. But he wanted Adam to do that. He he wanted him to keep it. He he, he wanted him to have that responsibility that he was giving it. He gave, like I said earlier, he gave him the word. And he commanded him not not, not to eat of that. These are the fruit. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden. God's providing, he's providing right there. He gives us all that we need to do. You could eat of any tree of the garden. Provision is made. Man, oh man. But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. That's the command. That's the word of God. That's what he's telling him. Beware. And he makes it clear. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. God's given him a place to live. Nice, nice, nice place. He's given him all he needs. He's given him that personal relationship with him. He's giving him free reign to eat of anything he wants except for that one tree. And in doing that, he's also given men the ability to choose. That's why he did that. Everybody like, well, why did he have to put, why, you know, why didn't he just, why couldn't everything just be and he didn't need that tree of good and evil? Because God don't want somebody to just, just love him because he can make them. God wants us to choose what he has to give. And right here, he gave Adam everything he needed to make those right choices. But Adam chose not to. So we say, well, that's all good and fine. You know, Adam Adam had that one commandment, he blew it. That's what started this whole mess. Because of Adam, I'm born into sin also. So, I mean, what's the use? What can I do? Well, We can't do it on our own. We need Jesus, right? We need Jesus and his example, through cause his power does enable us to be the man he wants us to be. God, listen, y'all, God's purpose for man has not been defeated despite of Adam's sin or your sin. God will not allow his purposes to be defeated by anyone or anybody. God's purpose for man was to show the goodness and his grace. Let's read Romans 5:17. It says, for if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man. That was Adam much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ made a way after we messed it all up, guys. After we messed it all up. We don't have to stay in our confused state if we have Jesus, if we have Jesus. I said earlier, you know, some of the things that that Adam did, he was passive, he didn't look after what he should have did. Jesus was not passive at all. He took action. In Philippians two, verses five through eight, it says, have this mind among yourself which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on the cross. He did it all for us. He was God. He is God. He wasn't passive. He took action. He came down to fulfill what Adam did not. Jesus showed more of being a man when he was an infant just by coming from heaven and laying in that manger than Adam did his whole life. We gave out some cards today. If you noticed, they were on your seats and, and uh, kind of went old school on you today with some of the fill in the blank. And, uh, but do, guys, we, 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 want you, we want you to take it. And wise, if your husband isn't filling it out, then give him one of them and uh, make him do it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding about that. But, uh, but do. And, ladies, take, take one of these two because, you know, I know I've seen a couple of you doing that, you know, to your husband when, when, when we've been talking about this stuff. But, what, but, but uh, ladies, take it, take this as encouragement for your husbands to help encourage him to, to be the man he wants to be. Don't just use, say, see what that preacher said today? That's exactly how you are. Submit to one another. Okay? All right, so on your man card in the first one, uh, uh, it's, it's, you know, resist passivity. Guys, are are you actively regrowing? Are you actively growing in your relationship with Christ? I guess God asked, do you have a relationship with Him? Are you reading His Word? Are you reading the Word that that He's given us? Are you praying? Are you growing also? Are you working that garden? Are you growing in that relationship with your wife? Are you growing in that relationship with your family, with your sons, your daughters? Are you growing in that relationship in the work that you do? Are we? Where Adam didn't accept responsibility, Jesus did. He expected, he accepted the responsibility to obey God and to do his work and to love. In John 4.34, it says, Jesus said to him, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. It also says in Ephesians 5.25, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. See, guys, that's, that's three of our purposes right there. We are to obey God. We're to do the work that he has. And the easiest way I can tell you, when God tells you to do something, do it. It's that simple. It shouldn't be a second thought. When God asks you to do something, when he's speaking to your heart, do it. That's the best way. That's the best way. Also, he said, Jesus loved. And like, you know, we love our wives. We say, well, Jesus wasn't married. Well, Jesus' bride is the church. Jesus' bride is the church, not the building, but the body of believers the body of believers. Are you growing in that relationship? And how am I accepting responsibility for what God has entrusted you with? Jesus also leads courageously. You know, Jesus was a leader. Simple words. He told his disciples, follow me. He is an example for the disciples and all of mankind. Woo, he protected them through storms. He provided food, healing, comfort, love, kindness, gentleness, patience. He even associated with people that no one else would associate with. He associated with people that no one else would associate with the lepers the tax collectors, the sinners, just like us. So on your man card, where am I leading the people that follow me? Where are you? Are you leading your wife, your family? Are you living with her in an understanding way? Are you leading her to Christ? Are you you nurturing her? Are you praying with her? Are you reading the word with her? Are you pouring into her? Are you leading courageously? Are, Are you willing to die for her? We know guys, I know if if my wife steps out in the road and a vehicle comes, I'm gonna be there. Yeah, No, you you ain't gonna hit her. I'm gonna protect her with my last breath. But you know how I can protect her better? I can protect her by not saying some of the things I say to her sometimes. Am I willing to die for her by giving up my selfish desires? Am I willing to do those little things that she wants me to do on a list this long? I need to do a better job of that, honey, I'm sorry. I, I can tell everybody. I ain't perfect. But I can tell you all this over the last five years since Jesus Christ changed my life, he's changed our marriage. It's not perfect but it is growing, it's growing. I got a wife that says she loves me. I got a wife that shows me she loves me and I show her and I got three wonderful boys in my life and I got two of them here today. They love their daddy and their daddy loves them and they know I'm not perfect. Guys, it can be better. It can be better, but you gotta have Jesus. You got to have Jesus. You should have left. But I'm glad you did. Woo. And Jesus invested eternally, y'all. In John 174, it says, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. Yes, he did. He did it all perfectly. In Matthew 6, 19 and 20, it says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where the thieves break in and steal but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Man card. Am I investing my time in things that really matter? Are you serving others? Say it again, are you loving your wife, your children? Are you investing in someone to lead to Christ? I have, we call it the best connect group ever. All of us that are in connect groups. If you're not in one, I encourage you to join one. Guys, How in the best connect group ever. We meet every Wednesday night. Everything that I talked about today is stuff that I've gone through and these guys that I meet with go through. The difference is we're seeking for Jesus to heal and to change that in our lives. We do it by being honest sometimes there's 17 to 20 of us in that room to hear some of the struggles to feel the pain that some of these guys are going through the loneliness it would probably blow your mind but it never would have been known if we weren't willing as men to open up and to lean on each other God's word says iron sharpens iron are you just going to hold it all down keep on going after these worldly things that say you're a man that you've been lied to by Satan lied to by others lied to by this culture it's lies and in an arc group we're figuring that out Have we got it all figured out? No, we don't. But we work towards it. We share each week. Sometimes all of us, sometimes it might just be what one guy's going through and that's where all the time needs to be spent. We go to God's word. We talk about whatever situation, whatever's going on in our lives and we, we go to scripture to see what God says about it. How God cures it. How God heals it. How God forgives it. Excuse me. Me and it's time to get out of this confused state. The answers there, it hung on the cross for you. Hung on the cross. Took care of it all. All your hurts, all your pains, all your frustrations, all your angers, all your sins, all your anything. He did it because he loves us and because he still and always has desired that relationship with man. I'm going to ask you, men, women, young people, is God speaking to your heart right now? Is the weight of this world, the weight of something going on in your life, and it, 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 it's time for it to go. And Jesus is speaking to your heart right now. If he is, and I know he is, somebody. As God says his word, it returned void. It's the truth. But if that's you this morning, if you desire that relationship with Jesus Christ, if you can just say, Jesus, I, me, you. If that's you, and you believe through faith what Jesus has done on the cross for you, just slip your hand up. Slip your hand up. We want to we celebrate with you. We want to pray for you. And we want to love on you and help you continue that good. Is there anyone... All right. You got one? Give me somebody? Okay. Now the rest of us, men. You know Christ. You desire so badly to be that godly man. You, you know it's what you're supposed to do, but you... You're trying to do it on your own. You're trying to do it on your own by your own own favor, by your own merit. You don't have the wisdom and the guidance in your life. You're just, you're doing it it your own way. I want you to know that we're here for you here at Connection. Anyone that doesn't know me, my name is Bo Fordham. I'm so humbled to be the pastor of service and outreach here at this church. Guys, if you want to open up to someone, I want you to know Jesus is there for you. I want you to know I'm here for you. I want you to know there's many men at this church and in this community that will help you. It's tough at first a lot of times opening up. But if that's you, call the church, email me. Bo Fordham, connection-church.com. Call the church because I don't even know my own email address. But uh, I do. I'd I'd be interested in in, in walking with you, getting you in a connect group, getting you with a group of guys and and talking to you. Also, I, I, I just have to say it when we were talking about not being passive. Guys, it's time for men to stand up in the church we put so much on our wives not only at home we put it on them at church women are doing most everything in churches today because of this confusion that men have in their life because of their selfishness oh they think yeah God's great it's great for the kids but not for themselves Guys, it's time, to, it's time to step it up. It's time for us guys in this world to step it up and do what God has called us to do, to be the spiritual leaders of our family, to be the spiritual leaders in the church. And don't get me wrong, ladies. Y'all don't quit doing what you're doing. Ain't nobody saying that. I'm not saying it at all. I praise God for y'all. I praise God for everything that y'all are and everything that y'all do and how much you, lady, help me if you waited now I'm going to pray I'm going to pray for us if you need prayer we'll ask some guys men of this church we'll meet you over here for prayer if you just want to come lay it down here at the altar lay it down and give it to Jesus just come forward as I pray I'm going to pray and then we'll be dismissed dear Heavenly Father we thank you dear Lord we thank you for this day we thank you Jesus for you Dear Lord, we thank you that you clear confusion, that you heal all things. Dear Lord, we know that you're the alpha and the omega. Dear Lord, that's the beginning and the end. And everything, Lord, that you will, will come to pass. And we thank you for that. Be with these men, be with this congregation, be with everyone here this week. Let us be obedient to you. Dear Lord, let us serve you with a kind, loving heart. And dear Lord, we thank you once again for dying on the cross to save us from our sins. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you. Amen.